The following episode of FOFOP is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. FOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Hello, welcome to Fofob. I'm Will Anderson, and uh, rejoining me back on the podcast. Uh, we've been trying to do it for a while. Mostly, I've been out of the country, so that doesn't really work for podcasting. Uh, we were in the same place in Canada, almost got one done, and then I uh, lost my voice. And our uh, guest Charlie today gave me a lot of advice on uh, things that I could do to manage my voice and look after my voice. So it's nice to have her here, so we can hear her voice. It's Jen Kirkman. Hello. Thank you. Did you say Charlie gave you? Advice? I said you gave me advice. Oh, I thought you said. I think you said Charlie. I said today's guest Charlie. Oh, guest Charlie, because you're I was our about, guest Charlie. I was about to get. That's the conceit of the podcast. Yeah, guest Charlie. I thought you said Charlie, Charlie, and then I was going to be like, was it better advice than me? And no, you sat. you gave me. Uh, two people have reached out to me recently, and it's a really interesting insight, actually, because you both re- reached out by saying uh, Dave reached out with some advice for my back. I'm standing again today because uh, I've just got this like chronic, terrible bad back at the oh, moment, oh, and I'm so I'm sitting because I'm an asshole. Dave sent me. Oh no, it makes me more comfortable when people are still comfortable themselves. Okay, and in fact, I have sitting envy. In fact, I, I like to. I'm like some guy who can't have sex with his wife anymore. Uh, but the only way I can get off is watching other people have sex with my wife. Okay. So the only way, like, I can enjoy the idea of like I miss sitting so much, Jen. You forget how much of your life you spend doing pleasurable things. Yeah. Sitting. Well, I'm fucking your wife for you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for coming over and letting me do She's that. She's having a great time. <laughs> Uh, but you, uh, Dave reached out and you reached out uh, about the voice mm-hmm. and you both uh, had the proviso at the start of going, I hate when people give me unsolicited advice. Oh, good. Okay. I so, hate. Yeah. So you hate it. What, uh, where does that hatred come from, do you think? Because I get a lot of it, obviously, because I have um, the chronic uh, arthritis in my hips as well. Yeah. And uh, over the years, I've spoken about that or, you know, it's been in the public sort of awareness at yeah. different times. And so what ends up happening is you have other people who have the same thing as you reaching out and offering you the, their home remedies or something that's helped oh. them in that situation. Um, and sometimes... I am very grateful of that because I know that they're saying, hey, I care and this is help for me and maybe it'll help you, right? Yeah. But then sometimes when they're a little bit wacky and they're like, all you have to do is go to this Russian website and give (laughs) your credit card details (laughs) and like six weeks later you'll receive something semi-legal in the mail. Yeah. Don't really tell anyone about it, but it's fine. (laughs) And anyway, if you just rub that on your wife's ears at midnight, (laughs) then it really might help your hips. Yeah, no, I don't like it. Well, yeah, like you said, if someone has it, then I take it. Either I'm like, probably already know about it, or I'm like, thank you anyway. Right. It's, it's, sometimes it's been helpful. But rarely has someone given me unsolicited advice where they also have the same thing. Right. And I'm like, do you think, like, especially with the voice, I'm like, so just to be clear, I do this for a living. No right. voice, no money. 
do you really think I haven't looked into it, that I don't have five doctors on every coast and that it's not something I know what it is, but I just don't tell you guys because it's boring to tell you. So when I get on stage and I say, I've lost my voice, there's no meet and greet after, I'm not saying, I don't know what happened. Any advice would be great. I'm saying there's a medical situation. I won't bore you with the details. Like, that's what makes me crazy. Right, it's yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm an I'm expert. So, not it. only am I, this is like, I mean, for example, the voice thing. Yeah. Uh, I've got had this chronic back thing. Ha- haven't been able to sit down for a couple of months, but at the same time, I've still been pitching my television show. I've been doing my stand-up gigs. I've been like fulfilling my commitments because there is a way I can manage my life with a chronic bad back. Yeah. As a stand-up comedian to do my job in a way that I couldn't if I was a builder or something like that where I needed my back, right? Yeah. I need my voice. Like my voice is the one thing that I need. So yes. when my voice isn't working. Like, you know, that's that's the tool of my Yeah, trade. like, trust me, you're on top of it. Yeah, I've thought about this. <laughs> yeah. I've tried everything. And I'm surrounded by people who also understand that the voice is the tool of their trade. So if I need some advice, there's like eight other people, some of whom who like, you know, sing during their show yeah. or shout during their show or whatever, who will give me their tips and techniques on how to fix this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. Well, I reached out to you I because get, well, I didn't know if you knew how bad it had gotten for me. Like I had to stop touring for a year and I had these inflamed vocal cords as well as five things at the same time that would also give you no voice. So no one knew what it was until I just kept doing all the treatments until it all fell away one at a time. And we realized I had inflamed vocal cords that had been inflamed to the point of at that point, a little physical therapy, a little voice therapy, not going to take them down, needed steroids. I, once I did the round of steroids, they came down enough that I could vocal exercise them back to health. And now I do stuff, even when my voice, <clears throat> pardon me, is clear like it is now, I will do warm ups before and after, like I'll go home today and like not speak for three hours because I did a podcast. I never used to live that way before. I'll blow into a straw, that thing I sing. Whatever. Okay. And when I'm touring, I eat a certain way. I don't drink alcohol. I don't bum a cigarette. I don't fucking whatever. But so obviously I know you knew, knew that stuff, but I was like, very few people knew the straw stuff and it really helps. And it takes three minutes. So I was like, Oh, just in case. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was going to solve your voice straw, that night. Straws a good technique to send somebody. If you'd sent me a message that said, have you tried lemon and honey? Yeah. Yeah. Then I would have gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the first one. I all. thought like the straw <laughs> thing could be helpful in the future right. when your voice is fine. Yeah. Not for that night. Cause that, all that takes is time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and mine was a combination of those exact same things that you're talking about. It was not taking into account the environmental factors, which yeah. was that I had been on a whole bunch of pain medication for my hips, which I don't normally take. So my body's already behaving in a different way, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sleeping as much because it's like it's waking me up in the middle oh. of the night, this pain, you know. So I've had this bad experience with my body. I'm on my feet all day long, like which is so you're not resting at all. The thing about not being able to sit down is yeah. it's very hard to rest. You must be losing mad weight. I don't know why I just said mad weight. Well, the funny thing is I thought that I would be losing heaps of weight. Yeah. But not quite as much oh, really? as I... You look thin. I mean, you don't look like a fat butt. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Do I normally? Because that would normally, imply, yes. Yeah, normally. <laughs> that's yeah. why you have back problems. I didn't want to yeah. say anything. Well, that's the other thing is like I think my body is probably changing shape. Like my posture is definitely better than it was two months it ago. It is actually. Maybe yeah. that's why you look thinner to me. Yeah, I'm standing up taller. Yeah, yeah I'm the same, but I'm stretched out a little bit. It's a whole new weight loss, te- loss technique. It's called just stand up straight. <laughs> amazing what are you been doing <laughs> standing up straight i'm just not not my normal hunched over self and i'm not walking i'm walking 12 hours a day oh God. The, the one that i find uh interesting and i get more often than i, I would imagine 
is the person who is not medically trained in any way, mm-hmm. but has decided to diagnose me from the information that I have given them in my act. So right. I'm telling a story about going to the doctor and I mentioned that I have osteoarthritis and then I jump three beats to the next funny bit and then I tell some other thing that's a funny bit and they go, well, from the symptoms you've described, I think you've actually been misdiagnosed and you have this and because my cousin had this and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I don't just send my doctor the tape of my open mic set about my symptoms. He's got, he's got other information <laughs> yeah, to base that, that on. You know, wouldn't have been funny for the stage. Yeah. So just trust I have it, move on. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trust I've run this by some people and I'm just telling you the three funniest beats that may be giving you a different idea, but <laughs> it's not all the information I'm sending oh. my GP. I know, well, I had the same thing with my voice. I made a joke about the first time they taught me the straw technique and it was like weird to think, it, the way she did it was so casual. It looked like she just thought of it in the moment. She's like, have you tried this? And she picks up a straw. And then I was doing this vo- voice test where I kept gagging with this thing down my throat. And all I could think was this guy thinks I can't give a blowjob. Like, that's my joke. It's right. just about all that stuff. Okay. Sure. People come up to me later like, these people sound like quacks. I'm like, he didn't really say you can't give a blow. Like, I, that's a joke. Like, but I'm like, do people really think I'm serious? So that's where it bothers me where I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't like unsolicited advice. I just, I'm so type A and on top of my shit that I, I just get easily insulted. I take it 10 beats further than people ever meant it. Like, but I hate that I have to understand that they're being nice. They should understand. Don't bother unless I, I'll ask. I'm not shocked. If I need help, I'll ask. Just like, I, I hate restaurant recommendation. I hate it all. Interesting. I hate you can stay with me when you come to this city you've never been to. You can stay with me. I'm not not coming because I don't have money for a hotel. I, 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 I go crazy. I just, I don't want anyone talking to me. Anyone <laughs> at all. Just don't talk to me unless it's like about something fun. Like, don't worry. I'm all set. I'm at 49,000 years old. It's interesting that. I'm not really upset. Okay, people can't see me, but I'm sitting here laughing. Right. Okay. But it, it is interesting though, because. You imagine that these people who offer this advice all start out with good intentions. And the idea of even offering advice itself, like I wonder what your perspective on that is as like a comedian. Because we live in an industry Mm. and a world where often the way that you learn to do it, I don't know, maybe not these days. I mean, I imagine these days with the capacity that the younger comedians have to listen to podcasts or, you know, kind of look at blogs or read about, you know, the industry and the experiences in the industry. But like for a long while, it was a spoken history. It was passed down from comedian to comedian advice in back rooms of gigs. And that's where you learn how to do it. And I learned a lot from listening to more experience than people than me talk about, you know, how it was done. Happened to be in Burlington. We were talking about this just before the podcast uh, on the weekend. And, uh, there was a kid, a uh, young comedian, only been doing it uh, six months, and he was actually just there at the bar on the Thursday night and they didn't have a host for the show and he ended up, you know, hosting the shows for the whole weekend. Aww. And on the first night, you just kind of let him do their thing and then on the second night, you could tell he was like, he wanted to ask some questions and you're like, oh, right, he's looking for some, yeah, some opinions or some advice or whatever it is I have. What is your opinion uh, on giving people advice? Well, that, what you just said, is perfect. A perfect example of giving advice. Um, I've done that to... I've had to do it recently. I, I, had a, I did a writing job recently, and some of the younger writer's assistants would kind of say things to me like that they didn't really... They, they would say, of course, I hate young people. I hate millennials. I'm old for my age. And I had to be like, 
everyone says this at your age and it's better because no adult takes anyone younger seriously. Even if technically a scientist came down and said, no, they're actually smarter than you. We don't feel that way. So I would not say that out loud because it actually makes you look younger than you are. Right. So I know just say it to your friends. Don't say it to people 20 years older. Just, I promise you think. And they were like, Oh, so I feel like that kind of like sisterly older person advice is fine. And if they don't want to take it, it's almost beautiful because my friends with kids will tell me, um, my friends who have like teenage kids will tell me, oh yeah, they're not going to listen and they're right. going to hate you. <laughs> but that's sort of like the the history of right. advice giving. Yeah, that's, oh, the, that's the dance. Like yeah. I can tell you a million things. And this is, I guess, to that point, because I think about this a little bit because I've just been doing a deep dive on a, a, a podcast that you have done. In fact, I listened to the, an episode that you did of it recently. Um, uh, Stu Goldsmith's The Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Oh, yeah, podcast. I love that podcast. Yeah, and I've been doing like a, you know, just sometimes you get on a roll with a podcast. And so I've been... I do that with his when I'm on the road. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then I start just churning through comedians and often he'll be... All re- so I, I just listened to a whole bunch that he recorded it just for last. It was amongst, you know, yours was amongst that. And he'd yeah. sort of done them all at the same time. So you're not just getting a snapshot of him talking to these comedians about um, their process and their history and stuff. But what you also get as that bonus is this kind of snapshot of two years ago, what it was like to be at Just for Laughs at Montreal through the eyes of like five or six different people who are all experiencing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm listening to it two years later, you know, completely removed from that situation. Like it's a, it's a quite fascinating thing to do. But the thing that occurs to me because I think, oh, this would be a brilliant resource when I was young. Like, you know. Yes. But I think you could also drown in not knowing what the important bits were because often when I listen, it'll be some throwaway line from a comedian or some throwaway thought that isn't even really acknowledged as being the big blows your mind thought but clicks in my mind going, oh, great. Everyone thinks that. Oh, oh, great. Everyone like, you know, has some shitty time they're gullied in work in Montreal or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you go, oh, that's... And so I guess what I'm saying is you don't know how valuable that advice is until you've actually made the mistakes anyway that the advice fits. Like, it's almost like the advice... You can't use it as a preventive. Yeah, the advice can't prevent you making the mistake. Yes. It's only when you make the mistake, the advice, you can go, oh, yeah, okay, that clears up. Now I get. Now now I... I'm going to ring Jen Kirkman. I know what happened. Jen gave yeah. me a really good bit of advice four years ago. Well, you know what's funny? I get it. I, you just made me realize something. When younger people ask me for advice on getting into comedy, I want to lose my mind because I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this is the, the, all the advice. What do you mean? More advice than the, every podcast that's out there right. than every... Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You're right. There's so much info. They might filter the wrong thing. They might hear a comedian with a bad attitude who says, oh, I go in and I blah, blah, blah. And that's not, like, don't listen to that. I remember before podcasts, it's almost like I was searching for them, like very early web. I would sit at my day job in New York City and just search people's names. And I came across a blog either Louis C.K. or Mark Maron had written about um, their friendship. And this was like 98. And I had moved to New York and I was watching Mark Maron at Luna Lounge. And I was like, I want to be just like him. Now, looking back... I, I think I just meant conversational, honest, real, but instead I designed my life after Mark's for a long time. And that was not a good idea. Right. And I've told Mark this, like angry, I'm smoking, fuck you to the industry, no, I'm not doing this. Way too young than I, at least he was like 
embittered at the time by experience he's had. I just became embittered right. like for you were no like, reason. well, if I want to be a comedian like Mark Maron, I, I need to, to live the Mark Maron yeah. experience. And I kind of did for like a year. So anyway, I found this thing on the internet in '98. <laughs> it was it was Mark talking about being in a hotel room and the shows weren't going well and or maybe it was Louis and someone's jerking off and they're eating sure. a pie or something. That sounds more Louis than Mark. And I think Louis <laughs> called Mark and Mark said something like, yeah, well, that's what comedy is. Like it's, it was something negative that if only you've experienced it, do you know it's okay to say that's what comedy right. is? Because you know because it's really not. Because comedy is also, well, the more you've done it, yeah. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to sit and talk about all the wonderful things there are no. about it. You just assume, let's all agree that the fact that we've been doing it for this long, we all agree that there are more wonderful things about it than terrible. Yes. So that's why we're doing it. But and one of the ways that we deal with that. the terrible is... Yeah. This. And if it was all terrible, nobody would notice that one night they're in their hotel room after right. a bad gig eating pie. So I didn't <laughs> understand that then. So I was, but in a good way, it helped me yeah. because I had no expect. I was like, if these guys are miserable then, but then I thought that was the, the mask I had to wear was it's miserable. And I was wrong about that. So now looking back, I can go, oh yeah, I can't just tell a young person, go listen to old road stories. Cause they might, especially I think younger people today are like a little more confused about everything. Like a little more like, no, seriously help me. And we're, I think a different, we're the, I think the last generation that kind of, um, didn't have a lot of help with like even the way parenting was or, you know, like maps, like we had to figure out a lot more ourselves. And so I think we, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've made a mistake. You've just made me realize sitting here that sending people off to listen to old road dogs talk on podcasts is probably not all that helpful when they might just want a specific, like, no, how do you start? And I get like, you just get up there, kid, and the open mic. Like, cause I assume they're asking, how do I skip all the mistakes you made? And right. which they might be. In some ways, I think, like, and again, this is not a bit of advice that anybody wants to hear and and probably not a bit of advice that you're in a position to comprehend early on. But I guess the bit, best bit of advice yeah. I could give someone would be make get all your mistakes out of the way as quickly as you possibly can. Like in, in, oh, that's good advice. Like, do it mean? quickly. Like, yeah. you're going to make heaps of mistakes. You yeah. are going to die deaths. You are going to try things at some stage that don't work. You're going to like, you know, whatever, all these terrible things. You're going to rock up to places where the microphone doesn't work or there's a oh. baby on the stage or like they release <laughs> bees halfway through. I know that you laugh at the baby on the stage, but I'll get a circle back and tell you about my last night in Montreal in a little bit. But the point <laughs> being... <laughs> I knew that probably wasn't out of nowhere. But the point being that you're going to have to go through each and every one of those things at some stage. We all do. Every yeah. single person who's ever done this. And they, the horrible thing is you, you're never far enough away from another one of them happening again, no matter how good you get. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, they're going to be repeated, but, but you so don't have the, to tell them that now. But the whole process is to get used to the idea that that's part of what it is that we do. Because yeah. as soon as you can deal with all the terrible stuff being part of it, you can kind of concentrate on the, the good stuff and not yeah. get so hung up on the terrible stuff. And the longer you delay it, the longer that you don't want to die or the longer that you don't want to blah, blah, blah. You just end mm. up being so safe for so long that you set your learning back. You know, you're like, you still have to go through that process if so you want to get good anyway. What would be an example of someone playing it safe, like maybe only playing to crowds that their friends are at, like an open mic where the audience is only other comics or you're right. not going on the road when you're ready. You have 10, you know, you have a good 10 minutes you could feature. Or, or, or not giving not giving away you know you 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 kill the material 
you know, just that capacity to hold on to stuff, you know, oh, early sure, on yeah. where you're like, you know, you've done your first five and five of it works. And so you're like, well, I just, you, you end up playing like a hundred open mics, but you're doing that same five minutes over oh, and over I've because you're like, you know, you're invincible with that five. You've yeah. tried five minutes and five minutes sort of worked. And now the fact that you were good the first time is the handcuffs on you because yeah. you can't just stay as a guy who has had a good five minutes when you start. That's no use to anybody. No. So you're still going to have to go through the terrible bit. I mean, and you may go through it a whole bunch of times. Like, I mean, I think Louis is a really good example of that, right? He's a guy who was doing, you know, kind of surreally one-linery, yes. you know, very different style of comedy. And he had to break himself, like give away his act, yeah, like break himself down and break his act down and sort of reinvent himself. So those skills are a very necessary part of what it is that we do, the capacity to break yourself down and sort of rebuild and reinvent. Yeah. If you don't give yourself the skills early on to deal with that part of the process, yeah, then it just can, to me, that's like the thing, just go out there, make the mistakes and just know that making the mistakes is part of, eventually getting good at it well it's interesting too that you said that because louis i saw it happen like real time like i saw him in new york he used to do this thing called the dirty filthy absurd show or something and it was like oh this guy's a conan writer and he does this weird thing on stage and then i saw him in la a few years later and it was like oh there's that weird absurd guy i mean i knew him so but like oh there's louis doing his weird absurd stuff and then he stopped and then it was like i hate my kids my marriage and it was funny and he was breaking open as a comic and then this is advice you can't give someone too early if you're gonna do personal stuff Make sure now your life is involved. Now you've got a, your real life and how you treat it is part of what, how it looks on stage. So I heard an amazing story that Andrew Dice Clay took him aside at the comedy store parking lot and said, this is a public story. I heard it on a podcast and said, Hey, um, that stuff's going to get real old real, real quick with, you know, my wife hates me, my kids. He's like, it seems like you need to get a divorce. That's going to be funny if you're actually in that much pain. So you got to deal with your real life and then it'll be funny. And so Louis was like, shit. And so he got a divorce. I mean, not probably not that simple, but that was great advice. Like if you keep doing that, then you're the guy who's miserable with his wife. And it's like, why don't you just get a divorce, right. you fucking asshole? And My so he least did. favorite type of comedian too. Because yes, there's two bitter. things. The guy on stage who hates his wife, there's, uh, there's one of two things going on. A, you either hate your wife yeah. and you lead a miserable existence where you, you hate this person and then go out on stage in front of people and hate, hate her in front of them. Or you don't hate your wife yeah, and this is your act. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You love your wife and the way that oh, you express that is that you go out in public and tell people about how you hate your wife. Right. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I've never enjoyed either of those types of comedy. No. You know? But yes, the idea of once it's broken, like how it got broken or, you know, how you're broken or whatever can be rich comedic. But I mean, I would say Bill Burr to a, in a different way. It was exactly the same. Like I remember seeing Bill Burr yeah. 15 years ago and... He was actually, uh, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but he became a little bit of a, a, a punchline between me and the people who saw him because we saw him at Caroline's in New York and we'd never seen somebody so angry about avocado. Like you were just <laughs> like, do you remember that guy? Because we didn't know. Like this was like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. This is before Bill Burr was Bill Burr. He was just like a, he was, he was obviously a well-established guy who could like, you know, kill a room like Caroline's yeah. in New York, right? You know, he was doing well, but he didn't have a perspective on why his anger was interesting or whatever. He was, he was yes. just angry about avocado at brunch on That's a Sunday. That's so interesting is our thing can appear before we know how to hone it. Right. Yeah. And that was the thing. And we always remember because it became a joke to us because we just, our thing was, remember how angry he was about avocado? <laughs> like how was anyone ever that angry about avocado? Mm-hmm. 
But of course, then he found a perspective, a worldview that kind of fit in with the level of sort of anger that he had to express. Yeah, he's like a young, more liberal Archie Bunker. Right. Like that kind of... Yes. He's curmudgeonly, but he's not immovable. So you're not like, oh God, with him already. Like sometimes he surprises me with a perspective he has that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad he's not racist you know oh, I know he's not racist well, but you get you excited well, and then sometimes he, he challenges me and I'm like no Bill you're wrong about that I'm thinking as I'm watching his comedy and I'm like well it's still funny though yeah well I think that's the great ability that he does has he can make me laugh at things that I completely disagree with yeah. but secondly I think Bill Blur Bill, Bill Blur Bill Blur, Bill Blur is his, he's faster friend <laughs> he's like Gallagher too <laughs> oh yeah <he's, laughs> just got it I'm adjusting my sitting because now I actually are you find, uncomfortable about the dynamic or just uncomfortable? I'm just feeling like I'm craning my neck up. Oh, but this, feel, up this feels good. Okay, I'm right. sort of like kneeling. We can, with we my, can like get a pillow or something. I don't know. I, I kind of sit in a squat. I have a weird. You don't mind a squat? I I stand like this with one. Well, no one can see. It. It's great for a podcast. I stand like this, and I'm it's not some sort to be of cool. yoga pose. So it's like one uh, one leg up, and then sort of like you sort of seagull at the beach. Sort yeah, of yeah. Look, you know, that's how I stand, yeah. and I sit in a squat. Yeah. Nor- normally. So I have kind of weird positions anyway. Okay, here we go. Okay, so... Squatting. Bill Blur. Bill Blur. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, so fast. He could be president, Bill Blur, because he, the things that he says on stage, the point of view that he says on stage, would, I believe, pretty much resonate with all the people who voted for Trump, right? But yeah. he doesn't believe... Like, he, he in, this, in a weird way, if you voted him in... Uh, then he could make reasonable arguments that would move all those people back towards where <laughs> everybody needs oh, to be. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I he, dream the, of someone like that running. Somebody things. like John Stewart could never talk to those people. Yeah. Like they're just never going to listen to what John Stewart has yeah. to say. Yeah. John Stewart is for people who mostly already believe what John Stewart has to say and need to have it reinforced in a smarter, funnier, more handsome way back to yeah. their faces. And we love you for it, John. Please come back. But. Uh, it's interesting. He threw handsome in there. He is handsome. Is he your I type? Think. If you yeah, were, yeah, I think he's handsome. I think that's certainly the way I'd like to age. I don't think I will age that well. well. No, but yeah, I you think, will. What, what's going to happen to you? I think my, I think my face will just get a old looking pretty quickly. <clears throat> but it could be a, like a handsome old face. Yeah, I'd like to get some dignified grey hair if I could get oh, like okay. a good hair because I've got lots of hair. So if it could go go like a nice dignified grey at some stage, I think stage. it will, or it'll go white. Yeah, why would it be great? Then I could like David Lynch it. Oh, I was thinking like a Steve Martin look well, too. Well, either. Well, I mean somewhere in between the two. Yeah, that'd be That's great. That's a good zone to be in. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I guess I, I guess John Stewart is handsome. I mean, he's yeah. not like gross, but I just I never found myself like, oh, I want to. I think he's a handsome older guy. He's yeah. certainly one of those guys. I think you know, the older he got, like the uh, actually better looking than because you know what else is too. Anyone aging now, anyone in their fifties now, was had that terrible style in the nineties. Yeah. The leather jacket, the like mullet that's a little more not quite a mullet but not yeah no one had worked out how to get suits to fit people certainly in no that era. everyone was so baggy everyone yeah. looks terrible but anyway yeah a lot you're of right. baggy suits bill could bring people but bill that he's already could attracted talk, yeah bill could people would go oh yeah he's say he has a world view yeah. that he's kind of frustrated at the same things as i'm frustrated with but the thing about bill is that he's not you know he would have a capacity to talk to them in a way that might be able to convince them to fucking, you know, I mean, move everything a bit back. Like people can actually have a perspective where we all start to talk to each other. Yeah. You could go like, I know we're angry about this, but now where I'm going to trick you is don't, the reason you're angry about that, you're wrong. 
Now, we should be angry. It's not black people's fault. It's capitalism or it's the baby boomers. Like, let's come back to reality. It's not, let's not put down the torch. Right. (laughs) And he probably ended up doing some bit about how, like, there's one black person you can blame and it's some rich black person and he tricks you into realizing it's a routine about capitalism and not about black people or whatever. Oh, you should sell him that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to write to Bill Burr and go, I've got a bit for you, Bill. I've got, I hate when people do this. I've got some advice. (laughs) Oh, but you know what? That's another thing too. <laughs> Dear Bill, Jen Kirkman and I were having a chat. <laughs> I, I, there's a thing too. Can you run for president? <laughs> <laughs> if not, we've got a great bit for you. There's a thing that happens in comedy that's almost like unsolicited advice where, a com- like I'll do a bit that's old because I thought, I'll think like, I'm going to work out this new bit mm. and then I'll say it and I'll be like, oh. Well, that's all that was. Like, I think it's going to be more than it uh, is. So I have time left. I'm like, I'll just go into an old thing. And I'm, I, I'm, this bit's retired. It's been on Netflix. Like, but just for the crowd tonight, we're going to have a good time. And I'll do it. And then a comic will come up after and go, you know, a tag. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This bit's like five years old. Oh, yeah. There's no more tags. No, like, I don't we're done. need them. We're and done. So, but I can't be like, stop talking. And I want to hear you out. But I hate that. Because I'm like, not everyone's tagging every five minutes of their life. Sometimes I, just, I think you've got to, well, firstly, okay. If I'm not working on something new. And somebody has like an idea for a tag or a, a thought or whatever. I'm always happy to hear. Yeah, new great. Like, new great. But if I've recorded something, I don't even want to come up with new tags myself. No. Because then it makes me hate the piece that's recorded that is incomplete. Yeah. Like there's nothing worse than going, oh, that's the line that would have made it all right. And the recorded version doesn't have it in it. And now yeah, I need to wanna... get the contact details of everybody who's watched my special <laughs> and ring them and say, hey, it's Will. Uh, remember when I did that bit about the death penalty? What if I'd said this at the end instead of <laughs> well, that other thing? Do you want to hear the greatest example of how that happened to me? And you're going to uh, think I'm the dumbest person. I almost don't want to tell you this because you will lose respect for me. Um. In, in my Netflix special, I, I called it Just Keep Living. It's a whole thing I do about, yeah. I have a tattoo that says JKL. It's based on Matthew McConaughey's catchphrase, which is Just Keep Living. My, my new catchphrase is JKL, Just Keep Limping. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's the name of this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, yeah, so good. I do this whole bit and I talk about how my friend has a tattoo, like her grandfather was in the Holocaust, whatever. And I don't have any inspirational family members. They never said anything inspirational to me. So just keep living really helped. I go into this long thing. So there I am talking about just keep living, very specific phrase. And my family isn't inspirational. And I end the bit. It is perfectly funny. Goodbye. Okay. I don't even remember what I ended on. I literally remembered. It's a story I don't tell on stage. I just tell to friends. When I was like, my grandmother's dead now, but uh, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I don't know. We're at Thanksgiving She's drinking and taking a pill. I go, what's, you drinking with your heart medication or whatever? She goes, no, it's uh, Zoloft or something. I go, you're on antidepressants, Nana? She was 88. Mm. And I go, why are you taking antidepressants? She goes, because I can't stop living. (laughs) (laughs) How did I not end the bit? Something about my Nana... The advice in my family. I mean, of course. What an asshole. I, mean, I don't know what the bit perfect... would have been, but it would have been in that. Oh, it would have been something about yes, that story. Yes, of course it would have been. She was so paranoid about being alive. Oh. She thought God hated her and wasn't taking her home to his bosom or whatever <sighs> she believed in. And so she was depressed and scared. So she got on antidepressants because she, as she said, couldn't stop living. <laughs> I was like, how did I not do that? 
I mean, that's almost a good enough story, though, that it could be a, like a separate bit that's almost like a sequel to that show. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. as in, like, you could do a, you know, I had this special called, you know, Just Keep Living and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, kind of, which for people who've seen the actual show, because it was on Netflix on and tour. stuff, right? That's what I'll do on tour this year. Yeah. I'll tell that story. You could tell that story because it feels like there's enough in that story if you counterpoint it with oh, you yeah. know, the setup and, you know, like, blah, 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 that it's it by itself. A great story. Yeah, there's like it more doesn't, to it. That's, but even that line, even yeah. if all you had was that line, even out of the context of, you know, the fact that you have something that it would work with. Yeah. It's a funny enough line and story by itself. Totally. And that's why I never thought to put it with that because it lived on its right. own. And it's a whole other thing about the older my family gets, the less, you know, people get older. They're like, you know what? I've had a good life. I could right. die. They're less scared. My parents are more scared. I'm already at that point, by yep. the way. <laughs> Well, I would be too if I couldn't I've, sit. I've realized it recently. Like, I really have had that sort of thing of going, uh, part, partly because of the back. There were yeah. certainly times when Trump looked like he was going to go to nuclear war with North Korea that I was I like... I was the only one that didn't care. No, I was, like, I was wrapped. Cares? I was wrapped. I was like, that is probably the only thing at this point that will stop my back from hurting, so go for it. Yeah, I don't know if it's depression or I've just lived, but like, I remember my guy that gives me clonopin for flying was like, and I'm not afraid of flying anymore, but I just have it in case I get anxious. He's like... You know, at a certain point, you just go, I've had a good life if it crashes. Right. And I'm like, I, he said that to me before I was ready to hear the advice. And I was like, what? And then now I'm like, you know what? I've accomplished more than I thought I would. Uh, life is good. A couple things that seem to not be good um, are enough to make me permanently at a level of uh, unhappiness that is fine with me if we get nuked does I, that make sense I, I'm absolutely the same as you like I, <laughs> I firstly I have achieved like I've been lucky enough to achieve heaps more than I ever would have dreamed or imagined that I could have when I first started doing one of her I mean yeah. literally son grandson and brother of dairy farmers from the road named after my dad in an area of 250 people like the things that I've got to do through this job like yeah. already that are done that are on the record and yeah. no one can take away seeing the world you've met people you've yeah. fans all over the world right yeah. I've done all the various things TV radio shows stand up shows like everything that I've could have possibly wanted to do you yeah. know like had people see them won awards like whatever it is so a sometimes I get mad like when something's not happening here or something's not happening this and I'm like I have to remind myself I was like hey remember this thing that you're mad at that's not happening is something that you didn't even want until five years ago and you just decided you wanted because you got all the other things that you'd yeah, wanted. Yeah, you broke through So next you were level. just like, I have to invent something else You're to You're moving want. your goalposts, yeah. Yeah, I'm mad that I haven't got something that five years ago <laughs> I hadn't even thought that I ever wanted. Like, Do you think you should just move back to the farm and be put out to pasture like an old horse? Well, but I've you can't, you can't always had fours. that. No, I've always had that as like, I'm like, when this is done, and I hope it never will be, I yeah. hope there's a way that I can do this you know, die die in my boots. Dude, you know? I feel the same way. I'm like, right. I could be nuked right now and I'm fine. Right. And also I hope I do this till I'm 100. It's yeah. both. But if there's a point where it's over. Fine. And I need, like, and it's like, you know. Yeah. Then I'll go and live by the beach and I'll read some books and I will won't bother anybody and I'll. Oh, so if you got diagnosed, like you have a year to live, that's how you would do it? Ah, oh, no, Year to Live, that's, no. I mean, that's one more good show left in whatever's killing me. I would tour me. on it as the last time you see it. me tour. Oh, damn straight. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Oh. I mean, I've already got the name for the show, Last Will and Testament. It's like, it's, <gasps> oh. yeah, I mean, seriously, it's all planned out. That's fine. Shit, I, but you don't get to and know you sell some going. tickets. I mean, Hannah Gadsby this year in Melbourne did her, her. she's not dying. She just has decided to uh, stop doing stand-up comedy. What? Yes. 
Why? Uh, well, it was explained in... Because she's her- too brilliant? She wants to stop? Um, so her show was called Nanette. It won the Barry, which is the best show, at the most outstanding show at the comedy festival. I saw it. You would have... I think you would have loved it. it yeah. Um, she could read a phone book. I love well, it. Well, it's a stunning piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a comedy show, but it's some of it's very dark. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't give stuff away because it's, a, you know, I mean, it's a show of hers and I have no right to give it away. But plenty of people have seen it and yeah. they will know what I mean. Um, but the conceit of the show, I think you would have found even more interesting, which is that she's stopping doing comedy because... She's realised that there are some things that laughing isn't the right thing to do, you know, to them. That she'd been using laughter to kind of deal with her pain and bad things that had happened to them, but sometimes she didn't want to laugh about them. She wanted to be able to be angry about them or to be mad about oh. them, and uh, you know, a lot of it along the idea of if we laugh at, you know, politics, like that kind of conceit of like, you know, that kind of thing of by mocking Trump, are you? Are you attacking Trump or are you making Trump seem more clownish than, you know, Yes, a I felt that after murder, the election, like, you know we mean? should like, all stop doing comedy. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. a lot of it was along the themes of the limitations of the idea of comedy in itself. Like, you know, ah. that somehow by dealing, sometimes by dealing things within a comedic way, yeah. we lessen the impact of the moment. And in by doing that, she tells a story in the show. Again, this is the kind of powerful, well, one of the powerful sort of demonstrations of the show. But it's a story that she had told in her stand-up, which she'd only ever told up to the point of the funniest bit of it. And then the reveal of what happened next that she'd never told. Oh, my God. Horrific. But also the thing that happens is horrific. You yeah. know, like stunningly, horribly horrific. And so in form and content, it manages to make the point of exactly the point that she's making. And she's not stopping being funny she's like she's got art history majors and stuff and she'll do you know stuff in that field and she'll got still it. do comedic things and she's touring the entire she's world with an this artist. show and yeah you know like it's not like she's but she's you know i like this yeah. i would love to do that i wish i thought of that no. do you know what's so funny is i think that would be a great premise for a sh- like a a night of comedy is you know stop at the thing oh. and then keep Tell, going right because i have so much of that it's it's and that's why I get a little bothered when people are like, I love the way you dealt with X. I'm like, uh, I didn't deal with that well. Right. I didn't tell you the other half of like the hell that, you know. And I go into a little bit in my books because you don't have to be as funny. But it's like, oh, I got secrets, man. And I want to tell people, but they're not funny. But they're interesting as shit. And I'm like, when are the, I, I'm dying to tell these things about myself, but I can't. It's not funny, but it's damn interesting. But I would love to do that. I mean, that's a really... I mean, even that idea of going like... I mean, what happened next is good or even... Well, great. That's great if you could get enough things that are like what actually really happened next. Like particularly if you could find a whole bunch of people who go... Yeah, because lots of times our stories are constructed to finish on the funniest bit rather than the thing that actually happened. Or even just what was really going on while you're... Like sort of like what you're saying about your back. Which is like... I, I. that idea of going, well, here's the story. Yeah. Now, do you want to know all the other bits of it that like, yes, yes I, do. I do. Yeah, that's a really good idea. But that I'm stealing it from Hannah's show, you know. Well, it's not, no, that's not, I mean, I think that's a separate idea, what you're saying. For having really? Se- having seen the show and having heard your idea, they're oh. two separate ideas. Hang on, I'm putting my hair up. Oh, well, then I'm going to do this. Yeah. <gasps> I just had a great idea. That is a really good idea. I really like that as an idea. Are you going to be on my first one? I'll do yeah. it at the Improv Lab. Yeah, okay, great. Because I've got some, like, I've definitely got a few stories where I'm like, I would love people to know 
Because there's like, ex- like I mean, sometimes the podcast has been good at playing that role because people might hear me tell, yes. like I had this story about going to Alaska and this like woman I met in the bar and this weird pickup line that she, well, I mean, it's look, it's out filmed and taped, but yeah. essentially it's this story, which was a true story of a woman who came up to me after the show and she said, it's a pity you're leaving tonight. And I said, why? And she said, because I've killed a bear. Can you imagine how good I fuck? <laughs> no, <laughs> like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, so I've got a whole bit about... But why this, is that right? connected? Well, I mean, that's... That, is that your that's, bit? That's what the bit explores. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the bit explores the, you know... How, I'd be like, oh, I'm afraid you're going to choke me or something. Right. But there's there's a, there's a so many things around that story. like Because most of it focuses on exactly what you're saying. The idea of how weird that expression is. And then I explore that yeah. idea and just how terrifying it is to me. And I do that sort of thing. I'm going, no, that terrifying... Like, you know, exactly. Exactly yeah. that sort of thought that you're having. But there are so many other things about that. Not, for example, a thing that isn't in the bit because I just never could find the way to make it work properly, but happened was the next day she on Facebook sent me a photo of her next to a dead bear. <laughs> like literally, like her in her like bear killing clothes, like the proud I've just killed a bear photo, like sent it through to me. Like, and I just don't have a bit for like a, the place, like because the bit finishes so funny that going yeah, to another bit is just like, but. In the context that you want to go, I want to tell you all about this other stuff that kind of... Yeah, totally. Oh, I know. I have like, you know, I touch on like in my old act, like, oh, I'm divorced. And, uh, oh, I was such an asshole when I got married. All I cared about was the presence. It's a subtle way of saying I was never in love. If we really dive into how devastating that must feel to be so confused that you are planning a wedding for a year you don't want to you're afraid to leave your wedding day you are so sad you are going please someone i i can't do this you don't have sex on your honeymoon me didn't didn't want to was so confused seeing hormone doctors what's wrong with me gain 50 pounds that's not funny but it's so interesting. interesting and i had like a breakdown and my sister came to visit and i yelled at her and i i someone threw a party for me in honor of me being married and i got really drunk and was on clonopin because i was afraid of the heights and the bartender to start giving me fake drinks because i lost my shit this night and i was like i don't want to be married i was screaming it from a rooftop at like the president of e's apartment And they had to like put me in a car with my sister and my husband and send me home. And I was yelling at my sister, this is your fault. And I was telling my husband, I hate you. And I just woke up in bed the next day alone. Like, where is everyone? What did I do? And my sister came in. She's like, I bought you a plant. I'm really mad at you. Neil's on the couch. And I think you might've been fired. And I'm like, but I feel like the victim because I don't want to be married. But that's not in my fucking act. But it's great. And everything worked out. Like, you know, everyone forgave me. and, And now we laugh about it. Like, it was at Chelsea's old place, but it's like, that's not, there's nothing funny about that. You can't make that funny with perspective. It's deeply dark and it would be more interesting than how I just told it. If I went into the darkness, you'd be like, oh my God. Like I got, oh. um, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, earlier this year I was going to a gig in Australia and I got uh, arrested on the plane. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah. So I'm not going to go into the story because oh, I'm, knows. well, what was al- it for? also because, well, it was mis- not for my fault. So the whole thing, it turns out, was, and as my friends and I have repeated as a mantra since it happened, thank God the time you got arrested, you weren't doing something illegal. Because there were plenty of other times. you had something on you? Oh, yeah. No, no. no. (laughs) Like, literally, it's become a running joke from my friends of sending me details of other times where if I had been arrested, (laughs) then I would have been in a lot more trouble. Did you have handcuffs on and stuff? Handcuffs, the whole thing. And they thought you were someone else? 
No, I as in like no, no. I literally like anyway. It's yeah. a, it's a long story, but yeah. it wasn't my fault. It was a mista- whole bunch of mistaken circumstances it. that it, that ended up. But it was a really traumatic experience. Of course. I'm writing an entire show about it. Like as a comedian, it's like a gift of a thing. Because I mean like, you know, I mean the idea of going through all this and the idea that it wasn't my fault, which gives it, you know, even better. And like public, like it's been since, you know, the police cleared me straight away. There were other passengers that wrote letters to the like uh, newspaper to say that I hadn't behaved in a bad way or anything like that. So like, you know, publicly it's all been like, you know, immediately, but... But so much of what happened that day, yeah. because of all these things and because I've never been arrested before and because I, you know, they put me in handcuffs. I was in a van. I was at a police station. I had to do a show that night. This is all happening between when I got off Holy a plane at 4.30 and when I was meant to be on stage at 7.30, right? <gasps> Marched off playing by police. Like, whole thing, right? So it's, and so I've written this show. And at the moment, because I wrote it all down just immediately afterwards, for me to do like a 70-minute show, essentially, eventually, it's like around... Six and a half, seven and a half thousand words. That's kind of like how many words would be on a piece of paper yeah. for me to do a show that long. At the moment, I have like 20,000 words of stuff on what happened to me in that 24 hours, essentially. So not all of it's going to make the show. Yeah. But some of it is interesting as fuck. Yeah. Like some of it I will never be able to like make work as a piece on stage. But that idea of... Like, I, I mean, I, I want to do some stuff around the idea of even though I knew I wasn't guilty, the way that your brain still makes you feel like you're guilty, like yeah. something, you must have done something because this thing is happening. Or even Therefore, all the things you have done that you didn't get caught for, you're like, maybe this is Jen, karma. Well, that's a, th- that insight that you've just had there is yeah. one of the ones that I'm talking about because oh, – yeah. It's amazing how your brain just goes, yeah, well, we have all these, uh, we want to feel guilty and you can't feel guilty about this because you didn't do anything wrong. So yeah. guess what? How about that thing you got away with a couple of months ago that you haven't <laughs> yeah, really... Yeah, you drove drunk yeah. twice. <laughs> what about that? Well, think about that for three weeks in a row, nonstop. Oh my you know? God. So there's definitely elements of that that, you know, I would like that are so interesting and kind of integral to the experience and the story that we'll probably never make it onto the stage but right. i would love to be able to talk to people about or tell people about you should host your own after show like chris hardwick oh <laughs> actually and just talk to yourself it's not a bad idea or have a, i have a friend host it and i feel like you. you're on a Am roll I on fire today? today i feel like you're like in a career uh, you might you might need I to might get into a creative a, mood yeah i'm staying in tonight to work so maybe i'm in that kind firing of firing up that's a good idea I mean imagine that if I you had a friend interview you for the rest of it right talking you'd have to be a kind of do a in conversation with I mean what's your show called like Will Cuffs uh, Will Legal (laughs) I'm the worst of puns (laughs) Will Cuffs (laughs) Will Legal (gasps) amazing So, but, oh my God, that's so good. Oh my God, yeah, and you have to do an after show on some of them. Some of them. Yeah, that, that's not a bad idea. I like that. I might actually do a, it'd be a great sort of final night of the comedy festival or something like that. So do the whole run. Oh, so yeah. people can actually, you know, go and see the show. and they, Because not everybody would in, be interested in a no, like, post-show. But over a run, yeah. enough people would probably be interested in going, I've seen the show and now I'd like to go and see an in-conversation with him talking about, you know, other bits and, oh, that's not a bad idea. You should do it. You are on fire today, Kirkland. Oh, that's two you. very, very solid ideas in a row. I, I like it. Do you know what it is? Is I've been in New York for six months writing for someone else and my brain has been dying to just fire off, even though I'm just not, I'm still not writing for myself. But, you know, my brain's been dying to think. 
What's uh, so I'm uh, right actually, out of my cage. You know what? Let's have a just a quick little pause. All and right, then I'm gonna um, get a water. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, then we'll come back. We had a little break. Little break, little halftime break, little uh, oh you put your sunglasses on? Yeah. Is it yeah, it's like, yeah, I like that actually. It's you can you can pull off sunglasses inside. That's something about you. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's nice of you. Well, that's... I, I mean, I, I'm, it's not a judgment that I make, like necessarily saying that people who can pull off ju- glasses inside are better than other people, but certainly. Oh, it's a risky thing to do. You come off looking like an asshole. But it's my plan for aging. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean like to so people don't see bags under your eyes or something? Yeah, like Karl Lagerfeld, Anna Wintour, you know, all the great fashion icons like me <laughs> wear sunglasses inside. My mum not doing it now for that reason. I just thought it would be funny. There's this uh, fashion designer from Australia. His name is uh, Alex, Alex somebody. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> he's like Alex Perry, his name is. Oh. And, um, he's, and he's like, he was one of the judges on Australia's Next Top Model. And, you know, he's a bit of a TV celebrity, you know, yes. fashion guy now. And his signature look is that he has a bald head, but he wears his sunglasses always on his bald head, like up. Oh. Yeah. And like, and when he's on TV and stuff, like that's his look. That's not a great sounding look. I'm going to see if I can be, Google some images honest. of him and then uh, it uh, sound like a show great you. Look. Well, yeah. It, I mean, I always wonder what it is because it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, you're in fashion. So this is your like signature look. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's the guy who's not. Oh, here we go. Like, so. Um, How does he um, keep gonna, them on oh, his little ball? I, I might need you to just can you walk around. around. The cord should actually be long enough because. Um, I'm oh, gonna. There, she goes. there we go. Look at that. So there we go. That that's him there, Alex Perry. Oh, so yeah. he's got his sunglasses oh, he's really on. In every. Yeah, it's fair to say his face certainly um, hasn't aged. His... In fact, I th- think his face has probably got younger as the years have gone on. Would be. That look is a terrible sort of look, vibe. though. It's just someone. But being... that's his look, no matter what. No. The situation. It's so. someone being self-conscious of being bald, and it's not working for me. Just be bald. Yeah. Yeah, people know you're bald. Yeah, the fact that you've got sunglasses <laughs> on your head is not disguising the fact that people do. It would be like if I put two band-aids under my eyes for bags instead of... Janice looking like she hasn't <laughs> aged at all. I mean, she's wearing band-aids under her eyes now. Is she playing baseball or something now? What's going on? Oh my God, that's a great idea too. Band-aids under my eyes is yeah. the next look. But or like, maybe, it, yeah, because that's, well, that's your Sia thing, right? Because like I'm... So Sia, you oh, know, yeah. who wears like just a giant like wig now that covers her entire face. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, that's a good practical looking dressed up, but like... I mean, essentially, she's got a hair burka, right? Like a hair, <laughs> right. you know, her, a hair, a hair jeep is yeah. what she has. So, she, <laughs> oh, that's your show. Yeah, hair jeep. A, a woman. Yeah. Is, yeah. So, but that's what she's done. So you can just you can just put on. It's like Darth Vader. You can just put on and you kind of see a hat hair. It's a, what? Darth I'm Vader, kidding, I know. Yeah, right? You know, it's like Star Wars. You got to Star Wars. I mean, Darth Vader's like about all I know. Right. And Luke Skywalker. Han Solo. Yeah, I know those, Princess, Princess Leia, Leia, and there's like a Chewbacca. Yeah. But then otherwise, I don't know about any of the new stuff that's actually the old stuff. I get it. It's prequels. I think it's back in new stuff again now. Oh, enough. We got it. They're making a lot there's of those wars now. wars in space. I feel like Star Wars was one of those things where the mythology was always... So there was three movies originally, and they were four, five, and six. And then they had the prequels, right? Yeah. Eventually, after all those years, they decided to come back and everyone was really, really excited because they were finally going to make, you know, episodes one, two, and three. One of the things about Star Wars is it's episode four. What a great, you know, what a great way to start. Like, I you don't know. buy that, by the way. I don't buy that he do made that going, oh, this is, there's, there's prequels. 
I don't buy it. Well, if you saw the prequels, you certainly wouldn't have bought it. I don't buy you it that it was intentional. That he... That's but. what I mean. Well, I mean, it's an easy thing to say, though, isn't it, as yeah. well? Like, sometimes you can just sort of throw those things out. And you can just go, like, you know, that idea of going, well, there's actually three prequels to this. What's well, kind of like our my show idea. Like, well, actually, this happened before that. Right. But that's true. I don't know. There's something about Star Wars. I, you know what? I'm just not buying it. Just not. No, I watched on a plane the other day um, the latest in, of the Star Wars movies, which was a wasn't even really a Star. Well, it's a Star Wars movie, but it's like not a fish. It's a spin off. Rogue One, it was called. So it's oh. just like another Star Wars story. Right. 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 So I watched that, and I was just like. Yeah, I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> no, I, that's when I would wish to be arrested. Just someone hauls me off the plane and goes, you don't have to watch this, you know. I don't know why they're <laughs> arresting me. <laughs> we have to land. <laughs> I don't think the plane I was on even had movies. I think that that's, that's how poor the plane was. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it was just a tiny little plane. Anyway, uh, we talked more about that yeah. in the break, so we probably shouldn't... Uh... No, but I'm just thinking, did it have propellers? I mean, don't even some big ones have propellers? Yeah. I don't think they have to wind them themselves. No, but I don't I think have they had to... to get out on the runway with like a giant stick and something to get them turned over. When I go to Seattle to Vancouver this year, I did. Uh, I have to take a plane that has propellers. I mean, it technically is an engine as well. Right. But I don't dig it. Nah, just think about birds flying in it. That will take it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what took down Sully's plane. Bird strike. But he didn't even have propellers. I know. So, so a bird will get you anyway. <laughs> That's what bird, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. A bird will get you anyway. Right. God, I love Sully. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the movie. I, mean, I don't know if I love him. But <laughs> I think I love him and the movie. Really? Love the movie. Uh-huh. Saw it by myself in Buffalo, New York on 9-11. It was the best day of my life. Not real so, 9-11. Did obviously. you love the story of the movie? Or yes. did you love the actual movie? I loved the story that I didn't know about, that he was so stressed out and that they could possibly find a loophole in him having done it wrong. I thought that was amazing. Uh, Did you know that story? No. No. Did you think it was a good movie or did you just think the story was a good story? Well, I, this is where I have trouble. Differentiating between the two. I I thought it would, listen, as it stands now, I thought it was a good movie. But whatever yeah. you're about to say next, I'll probably... No, 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 I'm no. very influential. I'm interested. I'm not... I wasn't asking a leading it? question. Yeah, I've seen it. No, but even when people tell me their opinion, mine can change immediately about a movie. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Okay. I, I, I've seen it. It, it, it. it became a fun reference for me as well. I have a joke in my show about like flying to America. Like the election result happened while I was oh, in I the air that. flying to America. So yeah. the whole opening bit of my show is, and so I have this like thing that I describe in the show because I found out five hours in and didn't tell people for the next 10 hours, right? And so I kind of paint <sighs> so this scenario smart. of the idea that that means that wasn't an oversight. That means that at some stage they got the news and yeah. they had a meeting in the cockpit about whether, <laughs> you know, so anyway, that's the kind of scene. And yeah. then I paint out how that conversation would have happened. And it, in it, at some point, there's like the pilot just starts yelling angrily about how <laughs> like he can't land it on Sydney Harbour and not everybody's like Sully and fuck you, Sully. And like he just like the guys <laughs> really and the, ends up with the pilot going, I watched your movie, but I slept through the ending. And like <laughs> there's just this weird... Like, and it's one of my favorite things. But the thing about that joke that 
A, either delights me or disturbs me is there's a logical inconsistency in it because that, that line about him saying, you know, I can't land it on a Sydney Harbour, I watched your movie but I slept through the end yeah. is technically incorrect because in the movie, Sally, he lands the plane on the Hudson quite near the start of the movie. Yes. So regardless of whether the pilot had slept through the end of the movie, he still he would knows. have seen the important bit about landing it. Yeah, but, that's right. We suspend our disbelief. Right. But wait, <laughs> what? so there is no television on the plane? obviously no no television on the plane movies no i don't think there was a flight from america to sydney oh no this wasn't oh no this oh you mean on the no on the on the plane from america to sydney there's movies oh yes. got it but the, the one you're okay one but the wait, wagga wagga when i but, got arrested but when they didn't tell you about trump oh no well they don't have television okay do you know i'm playing right yeah i'm playing they don't have television either no, on JetBlue, I watch live TV. Yeah, it's not live TV, though. They have like a tape normally, don't they? I mean, where you can get internet access, you can do it. Yeah, so, yeah. like, if you're flying anywhere that, you know, you can also use the internet on the yeah, plane, JetBlue, of course, you, you can, can watch TV yeah. live. Yeah, that's fine. But you can't just get it on, like, regular. You've got to be oh, I didn't connected think about that. to TV. And often on planes where they have some network that seems like it's, you know, whatever, E or whatever, it's not. Yeah. It's just like a tape of E that they play out oh, of the start right, of the plane that. And there's no Wi-Fi on international flights, as I remember, right? No, because, like, it's I guess because of satellites, you have to fly near things that have Wi-Fi oh, towers, right? Oh, got it. Okay, And yeah. I guess in the middle of the ocean, they don't. Right, okay, I mean, that's it's annoying. Fine. I'd be into it if it did have. Yeah, right, because now I'm thinking every time I've flown to Australia, that's why I download all these movies, right? I feel like I haven't been to Australia lately. I need to go back. I don't think I'm going back this year either. I don't think I'm going this year either. It's not working with my schedule anymore. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's okay. You don't have to go everywhere all the time. I don't. I no. like to. I mean, of course you would like to, but you don't have like to. I just like it there. I'd like to just get stuck there. Although now you guys, I've gotten a little nervous with the terrorism a plot, but I was proud that you guys got it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look. Your airports are a little lax. It's a hard... Yeah. I mean, I guess they are compared to American airports. Yeah. I would like to say that... You don't have to show your ticket when you get on. Well, I was talking about when I flew in... Australia to Australia. Domestically. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, oh, hey, get on. I'm like, does it matter that my ticket says John Smith? They're like, nah, I don't care. Well, I mean, technically, they, I, I guess they probably, you know, are meant to check, but they just don't. No, they don't. But there's metal detectors and stuff. They check your bags and all that sort of nonsense. Sure. Sure. I don't know. I, I, I think it's great. I mean, it'd be better if we lived in a world where it wasn't as terrible as it is. Like, no. I mean, the Ameri- anyway, I'm not yeah. going to get bogged down on American airports, but like, they're the worst. They're, so. they're the worst. But and then I was like, I was going to go to Barcelona over Christmas and I think I still might. But then I was like, oh, now is it like if they're going to attack it terrorist style this time of year, of course, they're going to drive through a crowd at Christmas because I want to go to the Christmas markets. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't live your life. I know. Like, you know, because you just yeah. never know yeah, where it's going to happen. They, it could happen anywhere I go. So that's why I just go, eh. And then it comes back to, eh, you know. And so rarely does it happen, you know, like, I mean, so rarely does it happen in a way where people go, yep, that's exactly where it would happen. And also, I was, why, I was literally in 9-11 in New York. Why yeah. am I worried about anything else? Like, I, I got so lucky. But that's why I go, well, now it's my time. But who cares? Who cares? Yeah, but I don't think that 9-11 is like that movie. What was that movie, Final Destination, where the kids were meant to die in a roller coaster accident and they didn't. So then death hunts them down one by one. That's what I, I think I don't of. think it's, yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> it's like everyone who didn't die on 9-11 is being gradually hunted down one by one because it's their time now. Oh my God, are you following the guy on Twitter who says he is a ghost? No. 
Like he actually thinks he, he thinks he's a ghost. It's too or much it's a he can bit. do. It's, it's, it it's this guy. No, I don't know. He's a comic book writer, but he swears this is not a bit. And it's very real. Like he 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 lives in New York City in a house. Yeah. And he had a dream about this little boy that said he died in a store and his head's like half whatever. And this guy said every night at midnight his cat's meow like at the door as though someone's out there and he opens the door and he never sees anything. But weird things are happening in his apartment. He took pictures like he put himself on video taking Polaroids of the hallway and it comes out black, but takes picture in his apartment. It comes out fine. And he keeps having these dreams. He keeps hearing noises. He's sleeping with a recording and he hears this weird static, but every night at midnight, the cat and the video of the cats is crazy. They look like they're, se- they're going nuts. And I'm like, but how do we know he doesn't have a friend on the other side of the door doing something? How do we know it's midnight? Like it's so well done. And it's just this guy being like, I'm scared. And everyone's tweeting at him like, leave there. And he's like, no, I'll try Sage. So I'm like, is he doing a bit? Is it real? I'm fascinated. And I slept with the lights on last night because I was reading it in bed. I'd been reading it in bed in hotel rooms all week. And then this is the first time I read it at home. And I was like, oh, I turned off the light. And I was like, nope, turn it right back on. I believe don't. in ghosts? I don't, but I don't believe in... Um, I God, it was explained really well to me by a... Uh, something I heard where it's like, it's all time-space continuum. Like, mm-hmm. it may not be ghosts that people see. It's, it's if everything's all happening sure, at once. at once. If all time exists at once. If that quantum idea yeah. that time isn't linear, that all time is experienced at once. So everything that has happened and everything that's going to happen is all happening at the I same time right now. I cannot begin to understand that. But I just simplified it for you. I mean, I can't believe you can't understand <laughs> it. What are you talking about? It. So it's like, yeah, maybe you're saying, I don't know. No, I don't believe in it, but I believe in some crazy sciencey other realm explanation of like, is there an energy that gets trapped or sure. our minds haunt us? I don't know. But I believe that – I don't think it's as simple as, well, if there's no ghost, he's making it up. There's maybe something in the middle that sure. we'll never know. But I love the yeah, mystery. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, yeah. I mean, that idea – my first thing that I subscribe to most of the time is I would be – if you wanted to just get a simple black and white answer, I'd say, I don't believe in ghosts. But really, if you want to know what it is that I really think is that I think that there are so many things in this world that our minds are not capable of understanding yet, both about the world and about the universe. I mean, like, you know, I really dumbed down like massive theoretical sort of quantum science for the sake of that idea. Yeah. Of course, there's a million things that we don't understand and it could be one of those things. Yeah. Is it a dead body that can't leave this place because like, you know, no, no, I don't think it's that. I don't either. But, but it could be something else that but, we're assigning those characteristics. But maybe we assign it as ghosts because we can't comprehend time, space, continue. Yeah, well, possibly. But I mean, I, I think know. a lot of the things that we like, you know, religions and gods and all those sort of things like have to do with us trying to give meaning to something that we actually have no way of comprehending meaning no. of. And that's what I think is fun like, about This is what I love about us is like, as human beings, we are so desperate to find meaning in something that none of us are capable of ever finding the actual correct answer yeah. for. And yet we like rush at things like we've worked it out or like there's a way to work it out. Like yeah. if I just follow these six steps, then I'll be able to lose weight. Or if these six steps, I'll be able to be a comedian <laughs> or whatever it is like there's a trick to it there's no trick to it because no. no one fucking knows what they're doing there's no trick i mean maybe to losing weight i mean eat less exercise more yeah but the other everything and four else. other steps but but also <laughs> like 
I, yeah, so I'm just fascinated with following it because I like to find out, like, I like to figure out, okay, the day he announces this was a bit, I'll be able to go, aha, I knew it was because right. I noticed this, 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 this. And if it's not a bit, I'm like, ooh, what was it? And then my mind stops and goes, well, you'll never know. And then I go, okay. And then, so if I want to really make it not fun for myself, I go, who knows? You never will. Okay. But, like, I think I get, like, oh, I'm bored. I'll keep, I'm going to scare myself and turn the light on. And then if I put my grown-up hat on, which I did, I woke up at 1 a.m. And I'm like, why did I wake up? Probably because there's a light shining in my face. So I'm like, grow up. Turn the fucking light off. It's not happening to you, you narcissist. This is his ghost story, not yours. Right. And then I just get mad at myself. <laughs> and I turn off the light and I go, go to bed. And then I go, if something happens in here, big deal. You're already scared. So turn the light off. I mean, yeah. And if something happens, you might pick up a new Twitter bit. You know what I mean? Like, you got it's, your it own goes ghost. to two things exactly. in my life. It'll be a good comedy bit if I survive, and if I don't, I've had a good life. Just How? don't scare. I don't want to die by a ghost scaring me for a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah, just make it quick. <laughs> make it quick. Make it quick. Just suffocate me with a pillow somehow as a ghost. It's funny how sometimes, because I don't consider myself to be, even like in the darkness, like when I was suffering with like my, both my physical pain and a little bit of sort of post-trauma pain. Yeah. Um, even in the darkness I felt, I don't ever consider myself to be a suicidal person. Yeah. But I am surprised at how often I go, yeah, but if I died really quickly, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know I mean? Like I'm not yeah. going out of my way to put myself in like no. deadly situations or anything. And I'm certainly like, you know, living my life like I still have to pay my mortgage in four months from now. I'm not like, you know, in Vegas, like gone, you know, I want to, like nothing like that. Yeah. But occasionally when I just hear of somebody dying quickly or some situation where everything could just be over quickly, I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine too. Yeah, totally. It's like, <laughs> oh, this would be a relief if I could just get out of this with one thing. Right. That's it's all the, you're thinking. It's the ultimate having a commitment and then getting out of it. It's like someone canceling plans. <laughs> someone, yeah. You're like, oh, thank you. God, it's oh, the best when God. it happens. Yeah, there was a little bit of the impending nuclear war stuff where I was like well I guess that just like really puts everyone's problems in perspective huh well you know what I so everyone was really getting on this end of the world thing and right. I'm like you know I'm gearing up for a tour so I'm like I've gained some weight in New York and it's really making me unhappy my yep. clothes don't fit and I feel awful okay so whatever so I was trying to like stay healthy when I was in New York really hard to do anyway everyone's like oh my god Trump it literally to some people, it didn't seem that way to me. They thought they were, we were going to have a nuclear war that right. night. And I really just don't believe it. I think they're all both just pissing contests. But I was like, well, everyone thinks that maybe I should get into the vibe. Right. But I was feeling antisocial and I didn't want to hang out with anyone that night. So I went by myself yep. to a wine bar and drank a bottle of wine. Right. Like over four hours. Yeah. And I bummed a cigarette off someone. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't believe it's ending right. tonight. But this is what I would do if it were. Just in case. But I'm just doing it because everyone seems to be, everyone was out kind of living that way. But right. I was weirdly antisocial. This table of people next to me tried to like, oh, you can yeah. talk with end us. Of I was the like, world. I don't want to. No. I just want to. I'd like to spend my end of the world alone, thank you. <laughs> oh, by the way, I also don't think the world's ending. And I was just like reading updates on what was right. going on. And it was clear Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump are both asleep. I'm the only asshole up. <laughs> <laughs> They're asleep in their dictator beds and I'm awake like harming my body. And it's not, I know it's not going to end. And then I just hung over the next day and felt like shit. I'm like, oh, so great. funny though how our brains work like that because there's this um, 
new ice cream place. Um, America does ice cream. For me, yeah. when it comes to like treats or like, I'm not a burger guy, you know, being vegetarian, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't have that sort of like, you got to go to America and go to In-N-Out or like eat burgers Ugh. or whatever the fuck, you know, people say, you know. But my indulgence is I think you guys do ice cream very, very well. Oh, thank you. And there's this place called Salt and Straw, which is up the road from oh, here. Oh, sure. And it's, it's like the, a all the rage. Place. Oh, well, for fucking good reason. And they've got vegan ice cream too. Oh, it's so good. Which is, like the you whole, don't even know. I mean, it's crazy. Like the whole thing's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. And like on the day when the world was going to end, I really did in my brain just use it as an excuse to go and buy two punnets of ice cream <laughs> and just go, well. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's like the world might be ending. That's what I did you know on 9-11. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have some ice cream. I ate three pints of Ben and Jerry's walking. Right. But, but I... You, weirdly, I didn't drink that day because I just, I don't know. Well, I didn't drink either. And I didn't think the world was going to end really either. No, but, but I was like, like, well, just in case it's gonna, I'm going to go out and eat some nice Oh, ice because cream. can you imagine if everyone's right? You're like, oh my God. And the, you're, they're like, yeah, you have 30 minutes to live. You're like, oh my God, I could have eaten three Fuck. pints of ice cream. And so I really didn't need to stay in and work on next year's show. <laughs> well, that was what it was. <laughs> uh, that's like I had work uh, to do that was due the next day. I had a pitch due and I was like, I can get up early and do it. Right. Which I did, and it sucked because I was hungover. But I was like, or I could just live for the now. And it's like, you know what would have been living for the now? Doing the work I right. had to do. Because even if it didn't get turned in because the world ended, I was doing my joy. Right, what you so want to do. So that is living for the now. Not this bottle of wine shit that I don't normally do by myself. What? I've had a new uh, feeling um, because I've written you know, this new show about what happened. Um, normally on the cycle I have, like I end up, sort of starting writing or thinking about writing around sort of December and then sort of, you know, January, oh, February, yeah. like that's my real hard months. And then, you know, basically I'm on tour by the start of March and, you know, I work yeah, it up as really I go. this is really early right? for you. You're normally like, like not this, here at this point. I mean, also, I'm not even normally finished my tour, mm -hmm. you know, my last tour by now. And I've got a brand new show and I've not only got a brand new show, I've got like double the length of what a brand new show would be. And for now I'm like, fuck, I hope nothing happens to me before I can do this. Because <laughs> I'm like, I put all this work into this thing and I have this thing. It's the first time I've had it. Now yeah. it's like I have something really valuable that I'm like, fuck, just maybe you should stop drinking as much. Just because now that you've got this thing that you want to make sure Your that I Your brain's trying to create yeah. some like drama to be worried about. I don't want to like about. die before like <laughs> I get to do this show. Well, you might. I might. But it's not because you got the show done early. No, probably not. It's just not. because that's just what happens in life. Yeah, it's a good point. And if I die, all my notes are there, guys. If you could all... Uh, oh, we'll you know. read them. Oh, well, I'll do like... Oh, this. I have another great show okay, idea. here we go. All your friends are going to get your notes uh -huh. and we'll each do like 10 minutes of it on in a one-hour show. <sighs> we'll you know each, You know like the, how they did that yeah. David Bowie movie and everyone yeah. played him or I'm something like that? I'm still here. I'm not here. Someone's yeah. here. Was it David Bowie? I don't know, but everyone played different people. Yeah, it was David Bowie. I think it was David Bowie, was it? I don't know. I know Tilda Swinton was in it. That's why I think it's David Bowie. Yeah. But anyway, we could all do that. Bob and Dylan. No. Bob, Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. It was Bob Dylan. It was oh, like Bob a Dylan woman played it. Bob Dylan for yeah. five minutes. Kate Blanchett. That's right. We could all do you. And it would be called... What would that be called? Like oh. a will... But so it's got to be about... People. It's a lot of people being will. Uh, will of the people. Pe the people's will. The people's will. The people's will. Yeah, the people's oh. will. This is good. There you go. That's not bad. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll do it no matter what when you okay. die. We'll just take even bits you've already done. We can each do like five minutes. Why would anyone do that? But I don't know. That would be like fun. Because you know you'd want like a show around right. your death. You would obviously want yeah. to podcast I want my death. I want my friends to perform at my funeral, but I don't want them doing their bits. No. I want them to do all do a take on one of my bits. After the wake or funeral, however right. you do it, would just be the show at Melbourne that you have. Phil, will, the people's will. 
Yeah. We each do. And oh, can you do like stuff depending on how I die. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very happy for you to like, you know, sort of, what do you, you know, like they do with like, you know, you say you've got a pet you want to keep at home. You can get them embalmed and sort of like stuff. Yeah. I'm happy to like, no. you know, you can, no? Too creepy. Can't prop me in the corner? No, that's fucking so scary. I don't even want to think about it. We could do a hologram like you did with oh, me. Oh, okay. All right. No, a hologram. That's, that's better too. I can't too. even believe that happened, by the way, when I saw yeah. a picture of it. I mean, yeah. I know it wasn't No, it was a real hologram. True to life. I don't know. The, the, <laughs> maybe, maybe the photos didn't do it credit. But like in the room. It was real. Oh, amazing. It didn't look like, people, like me. It was just like a stick figure. Oh, uh, in the room. Again, like the photos don't give it, give it Shut justice. Shut up. It but. didn't actually look like me. It was a bald, it looked like a mannequin. I saw it. I mean... In the photos, <laughs> that's what it looked like, but in the room. Oh, my God. I have so many good ideas today. That's yeah, a good one. You're on a roll. Yeah. I hope you don't get home and then you feel like you're out of good ideas. What? That's what nice. is your... Uh, what? Are, okay, here's a question. <laughs> no. Um, I Well, I was just thinking about that, that idea of creativity, right? Yeah. Is there a method of creativity? So, there's a couple of things that I've always wanted to do and just for reasons... For reasons, have not done. Uh-huh. So one of them is that um, I'd love to do an entire run. I've done like short seasons of this, but I'd love to do an entire run, an entire tour at some stage, which is improvised every night. I think that'd be really, you know, oh, great, great fun. Um, but really let myself go and try to explore everything that it would teach me, not yeah. go into it with an idea of what it would be, but like improvise almost the entire experience mm-hmm. from one night to the next, not only would the material be different, but it might be like one night, it might just be one big idea. And then the next night it might be talking to the, like, I mean, really yeah. genuinely. But the other one is I've, I've always wanted to listen back to every show. I tape every show, but I would listen to like one in every 20 or 30 or like yeah. if, there, if there's a moment or a bit or a line or whatever, I might go to that. But like actually be one of those comedians who like had the discipline and the, you know, level of, because I know that it would be better for my work if Me I could too, just, but I can't, but I can't do it. Ugh. So what, is there any of those for you? Is there like particular things you go, I'd love to at some stage like work like this or, you know, create like this, or is there something that you haven't tried yet or a way of doing it that you kind of like, or even the idea of going, I couldn't do it because it doesn't fit me or my personality. Yeah. But if I was somewhere where no one knew me, is there like a style of comedy or a uh, thing that you haven't done before that you would you would actually love to do? Like, Well, the real answer is I think my next Netflix special, I want to make it more one person showish, like so it could be so it looks like an off Broadway thing, like Colin Quinn's New York Stories. I don't uh-huh. know if you saw it. Um, because I used to do one person shows all the time in L.A. And I did one on tour last year just in 10 cities. So I think that's literally what I'm hoping to work on, but that's different. But if I could add like dance and piano into my act, okay. but, I, but I don't dance anymore and I don't play piano anymore, but I, at a certain point, I still was good enough at both when I started doing comedy that I could have yeah. If you yeah, if you kept going from there. Yeah, I could have made it like part of my bit. I, I, yeah, I wish I was more multi-whatever. Or I just, yeah, I wish it was... I want to do something serious. Like I want to do, I want to do like my podcast all around the country, but not call it my podcast taping. I want it to be the standup. Uh-huh. So it's sort of improvised, but it's not. Or like, let me read this article to you guys, like the, and riff off it or something like just be funny without right. this comedy 
container that I have to put my, I don't even, and I think audiences are getting more, they don't care. They would actually be fine with that. It would be the risk I'm taking that would stop me. And I'd be, oh, I'm not giving them a show. As long as they laugh, they don't leave going, oh my God, you know what? I didn't laugh at a setup punch. I laughed for an hour at someone being funny. They're not, they don't care. Oh, absolutely. That I care. Yeah. So I would want to do like podcasts without calling it a podcast. Like, like you said, like, but not quite improvised, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Or one person show, or I would love to put tap dancing into it. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see that. I wish you had still tap in your back pocket. That's what I would say. I mean, I, you're not too old to be able to like, I've taken some classes yeah, recently. I, was gonna say. I can dance a little. I've done. But I, also like the good news is if you say, you know, next sort of five or you, you almost get to a point where dancing at your age is good. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you get through the yes, point of being, uh. No, but I mean, in yeah, a good yeah. way. No, like, I know. As in like, you know, like if you're young, you have to be really, really great at something because you look at me, I'm young and I'm playing piano or I'm dancing or I'm singing or whatever. You have to be good at it. Yeah. Because like I'm young and yeah. But then there's a point where you're just like, oh no, this is like a skill set. This is like a, look at this. Yeah. It's like. So, She's dancing. Well, there's a part, I did it actually in Montreal. There's, so I did the one woman show last year and then now it's just like a long bit. It's like a half hour bit about my parents telling me the world was going to end when I was little and me thinking I had to get famous and get out of here and whatever. Yeah. So I do a quick dance. It's not tap or anything, but I tell the audience, these really cool girls wanted me to choreograph a dance for them to do in a talent show. And I do the dance for people. Oh, you do. And I, I do it. They had asked me to choreograph a dance to the song California Girls. And I'm oh. like, I love the Beach Boys. They meant the David Lee Roth version. I didn't know that. Okay. So I go to their house with my boom box. And so I go hit it. And then in real life on the show, they play the Beach Boys. And I sort of do an interpretive dance to the lyrics and I act it out. And there's a vulnerability to it because I really did do this. Uh -huh. And so you're seeing me do it and then you're going, oh, she really did that as a kid and we already know what's coming is that the girls hate it. And then the girls are like, what song is that? I'm like, California girls are like, that's not David Lee Roth. And I'm like, what? Like it was a whole thing. Uh -huh. So, but I like, the crowd likes when I do it. Not because they right. like the dancing, but they get behind it. And so I don't think, I think, and I sort of just throw it away. I do a little bit of it. I should do the whole right. fucking song and really commit, right. but I'm too afraid. Uh, there's this this weird hang up sometimes that for something that is meant to be so much about free expression, like, you know, the idea yeah. of comedians, like the debates that end up like we have all these debates around fucking these boring ass fucking debates around, you know, rape jokes or whatever, you know, yeah. like I'm being silenced and comedy is meant to be about you can say anything. And then if someone wants to fucking dance on stage for four minutes, like they, you're a hack, you're a hack. Yeah. you can dance, like you, you know. And it's like that's actually the free expression. Like yeah. you should be able to express yourself and entertain people in whatever capacity. And that because you I do. did that dance, then there's two other little dances I do. I started calling it a one woman show right. because I'm like, don't worry, it um, it's not stand up. I don't, I'm not being a hack here. And it's like, no, it's a fucking stand up bit. Right. It's a long stand up bit that has a quick dance in it like why am i being so self-conscious right oh this is blowing my mind now yeah and then it's like oh you have a guitar you're a hack you have a piano you're a hack i mean you can be hacky yeah no you can be you do hacky that. doing all those things yeah in the same way as you can be hacky doing stand-up that yes in the exactly. same way as all of us can you know be hacky even within good stand-up like i mean <laughs> there's points in my show that are way hacky that it aren't that dance yeah and sometimes <laughs> there are points in your show that are hacky to you 
Because that's the other thing that people don't get. I can feel I'm doing it. I'm like, this is that. Yeah, this is like Jen Kirkman hack. Yeah. Like it's, it's like no one else, it wouldn't even be hacky to anyone else. But me mm. doing something where someone confuses me for Adam Hills or like, you know, oh, blah, I blah, blah. Yeah. Or even like in, to a certain extent, like talking about my hips or smoking pot, like things that you kind of go, well, they're my hack. They're just like easy yeah. ways for me to kind of get a laugh based on like you know shit around me but i'm not challenging myself to write another yes like you know i look like adam hill's bit or whatever right, <laughs> right. <laughs> i mean just to use that as a yeah. really extreme example because sometimes there is things that come up that you go like even with the like the thing that happened on the plane like my immediate like yeah you know hacky go-to when people ask you is like well you know i'm really just destroying the reputation of adam hills you know blah blah, blah. and it's right. like well that's me hack you know yeah. that's that's an easy joke for me to write whereas there might be a subject matter that to somebody else might be hacky but to you is like well no no no. for me this is yeah this would be like this is hard for me risky. to do or this is me taking a risk or this is me trying to do something that i don't ordinarily do which yeah. so for me it's actually you know, there are some things that are my comfort zone and there are other things that I find more challenging and difficult. So you can have your own hack even within all of that. Yeah, I definitely have my own hack. And then there's some stuff I do that I'm like, this is universally hacky, but who cares? I well, mean, one minute, not like the whole set. I mean, Andy Kindler's uh, oh. uh, State of the Industry uh, address at Montreal. Yeah, I like, didn't go this year. I so one of the more provocative, well, one of the just the best I lines. I to listen to the... Very, the very um, easy best line. Uh, one of the best lines was, he did a, I mean, pretty... Anyway, I'll just... Like, yeah. He was talking about Chris Rock. And, uh, oh, I can say you, the you, same thing twice? Yeah, it was like Chris Rock always yeah. says the same thing twice. And he said, Chris Rock always says the same thing <laughs> twice. And he just did the bit as like with the repetition in it. And you were like, yeah, well, that's just Chris Rock hack. Totally. Like That's his hack. It's like, you know, like, I mean, and it's a really handy hack when you actually see it explained like that because you're like, yeah, you do have to he write less jokes too, don't you? Like, I mean, it's you're really so eating up funny. some time. I've seen him do that in LA and I'm like, oh my God. But it doesn't make me like Chris Rock any less. It's just like, oh, right. yeah, we called out his thing. Yeah, that's just his thing. I wonder if that would bother him. Well, he would know it. It's not like it, it's just someone acknowledging a stylistic point of what it is. Yeah, that but he, if someone acknowledged a stylistic point of mine, I would probably get upset. Well, I guess it's you know what it is. You don't notice the structure mm -hmm. if you're engrossed by what the structure's around. Yeah. But if you're not engrossed by what the structure's around, you start to see the structure a little bit more. Ooh, so, I never so. You know, so it's that sort of the thing of like, for me, Chris Rock is always at his best when he's speaking about like, you know, I mean, all that stuff that he did about, you know, race relations, but guns, bullets, all that sort of stuff. Great. Really great stuff. Yeah. His relationship stuff's not my favorite. Uh -huh. And I often find when he does like men and women stuff, you start to go, oh, I can see all the structure and totally. all the rhythm and all the, and now suddenly I'm just more in, like, because I don't really like where you're going with your bits. So now I'm just kind of seduced by the, yeah. I'm noticing the rhythm. Yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah. Although he does have one bit about. She took 51%. 51%. Oh, I haven't seen the new stuff. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? No, he's just to it Australia. I haven't seen it either. I've only heard reports from all my friends who went oh, to see I it. See so it. I was overseas when it happened. He worked some of it out at my friend Wyatt's room in Brooklyn and he was like, oh my God, it was great. And he told me one of the jokes and I forget it. Great story. Yeah. <laughs> I would have told you. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing Chris Rock, I assume yeah. at some stage this is going to, it's going to be a really brilliant show. Yeah. Um, from the reports I heard of him in Australia, mixed would be what I said. Some yeah. people really loved it, but 
some other people were like, you know, like particularly his divorce stuff was the stuff that people said. It just didn't feel like he would quite was like, you know, a lot of, like you said, like the 51% was the one that's in my mind because yeah. a lot about the fact that she got 51% of the money in the divorce. Well, even though he's Or whatever, you know. It's like, tough for me with the famous male comics who marry women that, I don't know what her job was, but let's just say you marry someone who doesn't work and then they're like, women just take all your money. It's like, well, yes, that's the type of woman you married. Right. And so <laughs> we're not here laughing with you because we think that you have a really small view of the world and we're here to tell you like, maybe you could open your eyes. Like this would be funny if it were truer. I know it's true right. for you, but you literally, that's the type of guy, that woman that you kind of guys marry, you rich, yeah. uh, older, and also, famous guys. I think there's got to be an element, right, of everybody in the audience looking at Chris Rock and yeah. going, you know what? For, also, I'd still take 49% of Chris Rock money. Yeah, and also you <laughs> cheated yeah. and you have children. So I'm sorry, where does she not... Like, I know it seems odd to give half your money to someone when they didn't earn it, but that's your fault for having kids. That legally means they get, like, so... I know she's probably going to get some Botox too, but, uh, you know, that's your fault. So I think there's yeah. a... But again, like, what we were talking Look at about... Me what we down. were talking about earlier about... Um, an angry male. Uh, Louis, is yeah. that... I think there's probably some really great material in the idea of talking about you being the person who lost, yeah, loses half of your income because you couldn't, you know, you went and had affairs when you had kids and blah blah blah. Yeah, you and just I need think, to be a little more I think if there's a way of you talking about that, that would be really, yeah, hilariously funny. And also, like you said, take a bit of the blame yourself so the audience can sympathize with you. Because I could see a, a bit where you're more. like, you're fucking someone right. and you know you're going to get caught and right. the money's going up in your mind. You're like, I was at 48% yeah. and I'm about to fuck this woman. Now it's 52%. Like, right. if there was something... Oh, look at another... Right. Chris Rock, I wrote you a great bit. Oh, yeah. Or the <laughs> idea of just like valuing it. Like when you are fucking that person of yeah. like checking your bank account, account <laughs> like calling your accountant first just to see what, you know, this particular yeah, dick you're about. Yeah, can I afford this? Yeah, can I afford this? That... I want to fuck you, but I don't want to fuck you... $50 million. <laughs> That's my Is Chris that your Rock. <laughs> okay, what is it? Is it racist? Was that no, racist, it's not racist. It sounds like a creepy mountain man is yeah. actually what I heard. That's it didn't sound my, like a bad black all guy. All my impressions. That, that's why I'm so, I'm so willing to do it because none of my impressions ever sound anything it like... It sounded like I was about to get murdered and chopped up. My the, the one I used to do is like a kind of generic sort of terrorist voice if you were doing some bit about, you know, like terrorism. Yeah. Always sounded like a guy in Paris trying to sell croissants. <laughs> like, I have no gift for accents and I wildly blunder into... My, but I don't even try. You know, some people would be like, like if I was doing an Irish accent, I'd just be like, ah, potatoes. <laughs> like, like a like, pirate. I like have no idea. And I've heard Irish people speak all the time. Yeah. And I have no way to get, like, you know, people can you go, can you just it. need that, you can hear that voice and you just need that line or whatever. I can't do I can't it. even do Yoda. Like, you know, everyone can do like. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Was it? I actually, I don't see, I, I do was. know Yoda. But that, yeah, like I can't do Australian. I can say like one word and then that's it. I can only do, well, because I'm from Boston, but I can only do right. Boston. I can't Boston. do even New York, which is easy. I thought everyone, but I can't. It no. just starts moving into Boston. Yeah, I have no gifts. I, and like often my favorite thing is like mid-sentence, the accent will change. Like mid-sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like half, I, I will start in one accent. And by the time you finish the sentence, there's a completely different accent. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? Yeah, I don't get people how do they do it. Like, that's why I would stay in character the whole time if I was in a movie doing an accent. I would just be like, no one talked to me. I, I can't do it. Yeah, my voice is basically like uh, those dudes who are like, I don't see color. That's what my voice is. 
cannot differentiate. I'm going to hurt you. You sounded more like Gallagher with a sore throat. It's my Chris Rock. <laughs> I feel like that must be a bit. I want to fuck you, but not 50 million. I don't know. I think we wrote him a great right, bit. Yeah, a couple of good bits. Bill Burr, anyway. CC, yeah. Chris Rock. So we email them both at the same time. Don't tweet at these people, by the way, everybody. Just please, don't. Please, uh, please don't. Do it's, not. Please this is an in-the-room yeah, joke only. A, We're yes. letting you in. Correct. This is very... But I love your idea comedy. that A, we'd email them, but B, just send the, the email to both. Like say, dear Bill and Chris, yeah. just like put them both in, <laughs> not even bother sending separate emails to them no. about the thing. Just, just like... Get it out of like the way. We were having a riff today and uh, <laughs> just got a couple of different angles. Uh, Bill, for you, this was what we thought. And Chris... For you? Anyway, hope you're both well. So, <laughs> please don't listen to the podcast because we say some other things as well that might not be as cool. So. They're like, who is this? <laughs> Jen and Will. <laughs> I don't think Chris Rock has any idea I'm alive. Bill Burr maybe probably knows I'm a, a person Yeah, I reckon Bill Burr would know that you're but a person I've, exists. I've been in the same room with him and just sort of waved. He's not really interested in my existence, which is mm, fine. I don't makes know. Me sad. Well, who knows? Who knows? If he thought I was funny, I would really be happy. I, I reckon he does. he does. I think oh, he does. Oh, I don't think so. I think he does. I think you're out of your mind. I, I mean, I, I'm basing this opinion on nothing. Yeah, nothing. You're nothing. not right. Because we've been in the same room. He's not really interested in talking to me. I think that's what he does when he thinks people are great. That's not true. Yeah, I think so. Because I was, I was nice. in a room with him once and he really? didn't talk to me much. So I and assume... then you found out later he thought you were funny? No. Oh. But... <laughs> oh, so if it's not but true for me, it means it's not true for you. That's why that. you care about this. No. <laughs> yeah, Chris um, All right, we should finish up because, yeah. I, I, you know, well, you know, you're a busy woman who's I've, got creative things to do. I just came from Pilates. Oh, I won't even tell anyone what you emailed Will me. Willardies. Awful. I said, I'm grew gone. on you I'll, a little bit. I'll though, be in your neighborhood. It? I can yeah. do the podcast, and I'm coming from Pilates. You go, then do Will Lottie's. Yeah, Pilates, like, no. and then Will Lottie's. It's awful. Well, here's the thing. I like Will Lottie's because every time I see Pilates in my brain, it then it corrects it to Will Lottie's. Yeah, right? well, for you. And, but yeah. I've never been able to use it in anything because you really need to immediately have seen Pilates to get Will Lottie's. Yeah. Otherwise, it looks like Will Lates. And you're <laughs> like, what is the name of this show? Why yeah. is it? So I couldn't actually call something Will Lottie's, but. No. Yeah, I, I knew you had to say it. I knew yeah, it was burning inside, but yes. I was like, please. That, Stop that, it. that pun is... I don't know why. I thought that was like one of the worst ones. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, no, um, no, I am a bit... I'm going to go and do some grocery shopping. I haven't been home in so long. And then I'm going to get to my creative work. Nice. You've got your sunglasses then, like, back got, on. You, know, you just put your sunglasses back on like you were David Caruso in <laughs> uh, CSI Miami. I'm a but I feel like you do the same thing. Like then before the creative work, I have to get like my email newsletter out of the yeah. way. I have to update my website and I nesting. have to. Nesting. A little bit of nesting. The, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. But that's admin. You know, nesting. Admin. Get, get I things like clear. doing it. I yeah. could get an assistant. I don't want one. I no. like doing that stuff. It helps me focus and then I feel creative after. yeah no I agree with that as well uh, Jen Kirkman it's been a pleasure uh, people a can pleasure. listen to your podcast I Seem Fun The Diary of Jen Kirkman yes. it's available on the internet um, Facebook Twitter blah come blah come see blah. me on tour I start oh, in September big if you're tour. in America and uh, don't message Jen and ask her if she's coming to your city. Just no, go to her web. Go to her website. No, you go. Yep. Uh, go to her website and just check if she's coming to where you're coming to. Um, that's the way to do it. Yeah, but then they then they don't see it and then they tell me to come. Then there. they yeah they like come to blah blah blah. Can well, you believe you know we're angry that pe- I mean I would have loved it. I mean years I'm ago. not. We're I'm, just dicks. I'm not angry. I'm happy oh. that people come out. You're angry. Oh. <laughs> I'm leaning down now. This is not great. For my back, so get you. Well, you're in the front.
Oh, now you've cut my head out of it. So that's not... This is a nice way to finish, though, I think. People, if you've lasted this long. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was doing a selfie so I can post it when the episode comes out. Yeah, I'm nice into one. marketing. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jen Kirkman. Thank uh, you. It's always a pleasure. It was nice to have you back. Uh, oh, uh, we have a webpage, tofop, T-O-F-O-P.com. You can find all our podcasts there. Philosophy, tofop, fofop, uh, and our footy podcast. All right. Uh, see you later.